0: Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio.
1: Greetings, commanders.
0: Greetings, commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite Four,
2: known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it.
3: A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast,
4: two hours long, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.
3: Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 434 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our, we've got our Banksy stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner. Woohoo! Good evening, all. Good evening. We have our staff liaison officer, Commander Syket. Hi,
2: hi,
1: hi, 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 hi. hi,
3: And also joining us in front of the mic, instead of being in control or behind the mic, we have the legend that is the Chris Mark IV. Greetings.
1: I did this. I bullied him into it literally <laughs> five minutes ago. It's
3: amazing. Yeah, Ben was running uh, late at work today, so um, unfortunately he wasn't able to make it, which is which is a shame. It is. We miss you, Ben. Hurry up. Anyway, if you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in game in open at the uh, the bar and the planet Lave. So uh, you'll probably find the Chris Mark for just hanging out there, as Commander Ventura probably is as well. So if you want to go and uh, wave at them, or if you if Nick Lambert has worked out a way how to stroke someone's bottom, so if, if you want to do that, fine. Whatever does you, your thing. Um, but if you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through livevideo.com slash live. Click on the live chat or go straight to twitch.tv slash live radio or Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. We're there, all of them. So, yes, that, that's us. So let's have a, a quick talk with the team and see what they've been up to since uh, the shenanigans of last week. And I think, Psykit, we know you're not feeling too well at the moment.
5: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right. I think, um, I, think I complain about it more than it actually... Um, that it actually affects me um i've been i've been having a cracking fibro flare from probably about midday saturday um just like lots of lots of rib pains lots of breathing in being like taking a full breath hurts but um it's it's one of those things where i i i really do bitch and moan about it and i appreciate that other people have um like worse worse shit going on um but it doesn't like people have I, i'm constantly reminded of the fact that i tell other people when they're having a bitch and a moan that when people have other people having a bad time or having what you would say is objectively worse is um doesn't negate the fact that you're having a shitty time of it as well so um i will i, I i'm gonna moan because it's consuming everything at the moment but i do have a wall update oh remember on, remember like um Bloody ages ago, some idiot in a van just like went into a wall and oh, um, yes. and yeah. knocked it and knocked it. Squint. Um, it was squint for a really really long time. Um, yesterday they started tearing the wall down, and so that they could um, fix the brick and like make sure that the bricks were okay because it was a bit of a problem with getting getting the right bricks because they quoted based on a different figure because the supplier was an idiot. Um, but we have um, they 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 yeah, today they put the brand new wall up and it's perfect. It looks like nothing. It looks like like nothing has ever happened. It's so beautiful. I'm so happy. And I thought it was going to take them forever, and it took them two days. And I'm so happy.
3: Mm. Good job they weren't Russian bricklayers because as soon as they finish one roll, it disappears.
1: Uh, no, no, they weren't. They they took they because of the way. Um, the added charge it would have been to replace everything in the wall they very fastidious, fastidiously took every single brick and chipped all the mortar off every brick and then put put the bricks back on the wall so it just it looks seamless it's beautiful and i'm so so chuffed with the fact that our wall is fixed now
2: <laughs> they they sound very good do they do tiling maybe psycho care would be interested in getting them to i
1: i don't know i I don't it's a know long how, way how, how far they would
2: the travel. Go. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think going way.
1: from South Wales to Scotland would be a, um, would be a good plan. But yeah, yeah it would so happy. It
3: all depends on how desperate Psycho Cow is. <laughs> and it's ironic because next month my bathroom update starts.
1: I don't think they'll go to you either, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do know a really good Tyler, we've got we're really lucky in the fact that we when we when we moved into this village, like our next door neighbour is a plumber. It's fantastic, you know. We've got so many handymen that live around the village. It's great.
3: Lovely. Uh, what about in game?
1: Oh shit! I've been yeah. doing um that. I have been in game. I've been doing um maelstrom diving. I have today. I did like on foot stuff for the first time since mm. maybe October. Um, but we've been um. Like, I don't know about you, but Azimuth are getting really wordy again, and I'm not super keen on it. So um, one drama's looking quite interesting. So I've been over there um, being devious.
3: Yeah, good, good, because we've we've got a lot to talk about with those. Mm -hmm. those Yeah, we really do. Later, haven't we? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Right, well, we'll move on. Uh, Chris Mark 4, welcome to, to On The Mic. Hello. Hello, um, you've been playing a bit this week,
0: I guess. Yeah, um, I've been playing about a little bit. Um, so, in uh, in real life, in the other world, uh, I was at a charity fundraiser on Friday night for a local media education charity. It is pig racing, where they race little electric toy pigs on a track. And I can highly recommend it. It's better than a DVD race night. It's uh, lots and lots and lots of fun. Um, Everyone just gets behind it. 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 It's basically scale electric pigs. Pretty much. Pretty much. So Uh. there are these little ones that sort of walk along and then they oink and they shuffle. But because they all set off at different times, your one will be right in the lead and then it will stop to oink for a bit and think about it and everyone else overtakes (laughs) it. I didn't win any races. However, I did have a very good time. And then on Saturday, I uh, went in to see the new Shazam uh, movie, Fury of the Gods. So enjoyed a bit of that. And, oh,
3: uh, that's, that's good to hear.
0: Yeah, so that was nice. by. I had a, quite a, a busy little weekend. In game,. Uh, I've not done a lot. I've not done a lot in game, I've got to say, I'm really sorry. Um, but I have been sort of having a little mill about. I'm trying to get some bits and pieces for my suits. I don't know what I want to do to my suits, but I know I want to grade five them. So I'm working on that first. <laughs> it's,
1: easy. Uh, it's easy. All it takes all it takes is dedication and about sixteen hours of your life.
0: I know, I know. Yeah. I've been visiting our long friend long. Ari a lot. 16 <laughs> <I can't laughs> or 17.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i was i was being i was being like optimistic
3: <laughs> oh we'll move over to commander alec turner hello good evening good evening
2: uh, my son and wife went to see shazam today actually it sounded like they had a good time but i haven't seen it but i did go to see 65 which is daft as a brush but actually quite a good uh quite a good thrill ride actually it, it, it's one of those classic films where he's only got to get like 12 kilometers from here to there. And, and the entire film is getting from getting from A to B, but um, it's a damn good adventure along the way. And uh, and again, my wife, who doesn't always enjoy that sort of thing, watched the entire film half the film from behind her hands, but loved it. Yeah. It's good, good fun. No, nothing uh, to
3: do with Mr. Adam Kylo Ren driver on it and nothing to do with him. Uh,
2: no, 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 I don't think, no. Um, no. I don't think uh, he's her type. <laughs> he's very good in it actually and we went out for a mother's day sunday roast uh, an unspecified meat sunday roast <laughs> stupidly forgetting that every badly behaved child in the area would also go to the pub for a sunday roast so it was a bit of a it was a bit of chaos but it was right and in game i because i've now got my caustic sinks i've been having all sorts of fun um doing stuff with things like taking thargoid tissue samples to um settlements as Mm -hmm. per the video that i released last week and incidentally what what the hell is up with this so if anyone's seen my video you know you you, you, we all know the guys that say oh you stop and you have to stop and let them scan you yes so um for those that haven't seen my video i'm in the process of rolling a thargoid tissue sample towards this bar and these things have a limited Shelf life after which they explode. So I'm I'm kind of in a hurry here, and this, <laughs> and this guy does a stop and scan on me. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But he's he's like the, the wrong side of a little wall and starts walking away from me, really, really slowly. And I'm looking at where this wall goes, and I'm thinking, bloody hell, he's going to have to walk all the way around there. So I start walking very slowly toward, directly towards him to kind of, you know, shorten his journey. And he, he goes ballistic and bloody well yeah. shoot. What the ah.
1: Yeah, that's real that's real annoying. Have been there done that like annoying. a thousand times
2: it's incred- yeah, incredibly annoying um anyway uh, yeah and now this last couple of days i've been making relics again and trying to think of interesting things to do with them and places to shove them where they haven't been shoved before but i don't expect any of it to yield anything apart from comedy
3: yeah. well it's funny you should mention that because that's exactly what i've been doing over the weekend. My weekend was taken up of, first of all, creating relics. So I've got three or four relics, and then I've taken them all the way around the Guardian sites, left, right, and centre, where I made a, a interesting discovery. Um, not on every Guardian site, but you know the hangar bases that are, you know, we think they're hangar bases. It looks like there's a runway going up to the, what looks like an entrance that goes underground. Yeah, like
1: a big like, yeah. double door yeah. kind of thing that yeah. looks clearly like it's sliding doors but does nothing.
3: Yes. Well, that, that's the thing. I, was, the, I fell for the triangle thing.
4: I okay. did. I
3: fell for the triangle thing and I went out there and the f- one thing that's on those hangar big doors is a big sodding triangle including something that looks just about the right size that you could put a relic or a, re- or a relic guardian relic in it to power it up and open it up. Because if you look underneath it, it looks as if there's a mechanism and all that kind of stuff.
2: And, and, drum roll, I'm excited. Yeah. What, what happened?
1: I reckon what I could probably spoil this for you.
3: What happened was, although I wasn't able to open one of the hangers, I was able to look through it. There is actually when you go up to the front of the door in some of the places, the 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 doors open a crack and you can see through to a separate um, uh, chamber behind it. And I can't get obviously into that chamber. Now I don't know whether or not this has been in there since uh, the guardians first appeared. Been
1: in but... there for a little while. Yeah, I have faced because... through those doors before. With um, you can do it with a camera. I was trying
3: to. I was trying to get the camera through there, but it wasn't. It wasn't working. I take it you found nothing in there. When nothing you in
1: there. It's just like a, um, like, a like 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 a, a second little area. I think that's designed for just in case you clip through with a with a head or something. It's just like a, a second room, but I don't think there's anything anything else there. In some of them, there's also like um, rocks and terrain that is is yeah. through as well. I've seen yeah. some videos on YouTube.
3: Yeah, well, there was me thinking, I've found something. I've found something. And nothing. So basically, I just took the Grellics to Ramtar and took the money. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was fun going around the, uh, the Guardian sites and the Guardian beacons. The Guardian beacons, now that they've been rejigged in Odyssey, are really nice.
2: Yeah, I'm on my um, way to the beacon, actually.
3: Yeah. I still think that there's. this. There's something that there's something in the legacy version that makes them a little bit more uh, atmospheric,
2: but they're still nice as they are. Uh, have, but have, have they fixed? Um, I think this came in with Odyssey. There was a thing, you know, when you uh, let's think when you first power up their three do yes, and they they change, the whole thing changes configuration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The animation was very jerky. It was like. Do- Oh no, it's smooth oh, it's as butter. Smoother. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, good. Okay. Hopefully, they yeah. fix it. Good looking. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the
3: uh, the frame rate issue with the beginning of Odyssey still was was an issue then. Uh, it, uh, I know that that's one of the things that I was really disappointed with when I first uh, played Odyssey and went out went out to the Guardian stuff. But oh, this God time God. round, it it yeah it it's back to it's beautiful not not as good as the legacy version but pretty damn close.
1: I would disagree. Um, I think it's a lot I think it I just think it's more atmospheric in in Odyssey. Maybe maybe I'm looking through it as someone who's just not touched legacy for so long now.
3: Um yeah, I thought that as well, but um I did actually go back and do the same thing in legacy because I was checking to see whether or not the 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 hangar doors were the same in legacy as they were in in odyssey and um yeah i don't know it's 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 something to do with the the atmosphere you know you know the the gas the -hmm. the blue blue gas cloud around it 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 seems to work a little bit better in legacy but it's far far better than it was when it when odyssey was first released It's, it's pretty close to how it was um chris
0: I was just going to ask, have we got any Guardian Ruins on atmospheric world yet? You know, the tenuous atmosphere planets. No. See, I that? Think so, I think no. that would add an extra no. dimension to it, wouldn't it? That would yeah, be, be, be pretty amazing. awesome. No, I don't think so. Because no. I think
2: aren't, they, aren't both Thargoid um, bases and Guardian Ruins kind of restricted to certain planet types, which kind of exclude them from being atmospheric? Mm. Well, they're, they're also... Um, I don't think
3: I've ever come across a Guardian site. Now, one of the Guardian sites where you get the blueprints, uh, or a or a or a thyroid base in the day. Oh, they're really? Oh, really? They do oh, exist. They, they, they do, do exist. exist.
1: They ama- look like even better during the day. It's great. You can see what you're doing, Colin. Can you imagine yeah, but, being able to see
3: stuff? Yeah, it seems every single one that I have visited. Um, it's always in the dark. Now, the, the first round of Guardian bases, yes, there are bases that you can drive around there in the daylight. But as far as the, the Blueprint ones are concerned, I've never seen one in daylight.
6: No, I have.
2: Go on, Alec. I, I was going to say, actually, back when uh, I was involved in the uh, making that Machinima series, which never quite made it, um, mm. Rebuy Unlimited, we spent. I spent a long time scouting Guardian sites so because we wanted to do a, a scene at one. Um, so, And you're right, an awful lot of them are in the dark, but we we did find one that was absolutely flipping beautiful that was in daylight. Oh, damn it. I, I wish I could I could find that one because um, well, I do yeah. love the missions. I
1: okay. was that one like two but, weeks uh, ago in the light that was oh, getting weapon blueprints.
2: I'll have to see if I can find a, a tidily locked one for you that uh, is in daylight and then I can post the link. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that'd that be nice. But, uh, yeah, I still think that
3: it's far more atmospheric in the dark when you actually power up those pylons and you can see these six or eight, depending on which base you've been to, pillars of light is going straight up into the sky. Uh, and then you get attacked by the Guardian. Uh, <laughs> those Guardian things. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's what we've been... Well, wow, we've been, we've been doing a lot this week, to be honest. I feel um,
1: like just on on the topic of what we've been doing this week, I feel like mm-hmm. specifically this week has been very much the um, a week where a lot of people have been repeating things and revisiting things. Yes, I, I just think I just think there's a theme for a lot of people that we've been going back to very popular yeah. areas. Interesting, isn't it? I can't mm, say what yeah. might have triggered that.
3: <laughs> yes, wonder wonder why. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Oh, oh and the other thing i managed to do is i managed, for the first time since the thargoid war started i went back to my power play commander and uh yeah i've managed to get him and uh back into the good graces of the emperor but unfortunately i will say a lot of it, it seems that a lot of other play, power play, play players are were like me they've they've, they've gone and moved over to to playing the uh the thyroid war and you can tell you can tell because normally systems that are fully marked as controlled and populated and everybody's delivered their postman pack letters or, or or you know you're <laughs> you're going to hit them with a very strongly worded leaflet campaign um the those worlds aren't populating as uh, or being controlled as well as they used to be and i think People are, are finding more interest in the Thargoid War at the moment, which is a bit of a shame because uh, I was actually looking for a, a, a PvP um, power play fight but wasn't able to get one. Whew. Here's me looking, the one time I start looking for PvP and no. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on from my whinging uh, to the development news. What have the devs said this week? Well, on Thursday, uh, they've announced that the Thargoid behaviour has changed. Now, we'll probably touch on this in the in-game events later, but uh, two items have been um, highlighted, is that um, previously unoccupied systems are now that are now under Thargoid control or have alert states will be much easier to push back than if they're populated. In addition to that, the Thargoids are now going to deprioritize prioritize expanding into unpopulated systems. Uh, now, this has been one of the things that people have said, is that, oh, yeah, the Thargoids have got a lot of systems, but at least a third of them aren't populated by humans. They haven't kicked the humans out of that system because there weren't any humans in there to begin with. So, yes, um, they, it looks like Thargoids have now decided that empty space isn't worth anything, so they're only after, after us uh, mushy fle- uh, flashbacks. So, uh, yeah, maybe they've decided that they're they're hungrier than normal. Um, on the March the seventeenth, we had the usual galnet news roundup, <laughs> along with its its uh, dark overtones, undertones. You know the the usual sarcasm.
1: <laughs> algorithms
3: There's a good one. The Algarisms. usual Algarisms. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep that one in. I'll make a note on that in the show notes. <laughs> and then finally, we have the Discovery Scanner, which happened this uh, this week, which summarised the events for the last week. Uh, obviously, there's the, <laughs> the news about Update 15 still being on target. Console copy is Portal will be coming back soon can't say when. Uh, And Frameshift Live 28 will be happening this Thursday at the usual time of 4 o'clock over on the official channels. So um, yes, this time they're actually bringing in some of the audio team which Mm -hmm. is always fascinating to hear because they're they're um, uh, they're always they're always good for a listen surprisingly enough, the audio team there good for a listen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I see what you did there.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's just no, it's just not, is it? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So that's, that is that is what they've, they've said this week. I, I do feel that everything is, is... Although I'm really still getting into the Thargoid War and doing other things, um, I think the things are mostly on hold until we start seeing stuff about Update 15, which is apparently still on target. So anyway, from there, uh, the in-game events. What has been happening this week?
1: Pretty quiet, um, in, isn't
3: unfortunately, Mike. But... Yeah, yeah. Um Aegis has made some recommendations to the uh, or Aegis. Aegis Aegis. Uh, they have made
1: Aegis. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh, they have made some recommendations for the way we should be fighting Thargoids. Um their hints are well I hate to say this, but when an invasion starts, it's too late. Uh, our best bet is actually to stop them from invading in the first place by stopping them at the alert stage. Now I have a, a couple of issues with this, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: no problem at all. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and uh, yeah, the, they've, they've recommended that uh, going after the authorus, which was there. You see, I thought I was good at puns, but that was apparently it. Sally twisted herself into knots trying to get that one, that That's pun. working.
5: <laughs>
3: it's almost as good as one of the guard frequency ones. Ah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems that hitting the authoress is, is basically the, the way to stop an alert. Uh, and because of that, they've also upped the reward money that you get for taking out an authoress. Um Right. Does anybody want to talk about the authoris
2: Because I have a...
1: You go, little... you go. You guys go moan and I'll tell you how to fix it. That's
2: a great idea. Oh, I've okay. got a moan as well. So we'll do moaning and then Psychic will come in with the... Uh, with the, a positivity. With the good feels. Yes, yes. Right, my moan is...
3: I can't find them. Uh, I have found a couple of times... I have looked for hours and I know what I'm looking for. I know I'm looking for a Threat Mark four with a, a little cargo icon... That's next to it. I've done scans. Um, I've used the Discovery Scanner to refresh the uh, the amount of signals that I find. And the last couple of times I tried to do this, um, I was playing for two hours, and I didn't get a single authoress signal. And it's, it's just... I want to take one out. I still haven't managed to take one out yet. I've got a ship specifically built to do it, but I can't find one of these blighters yeah, and uh yeah and i'm hoping that this was one of the changes that they made but uh i haven't had a chance to to test it yet so that that's my moan uh, that's my moan right i am now I
2: i confess when 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 i read this uh what i what i like to do sometimes is you know i don't like to 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 kick off in in certain discords like Lave Radio's Discord and Bird Discord because it's all very lovely there. So what I tend to do is go to the Loose Crews Discord. So I was flipping tables <laughs> in the Loose Crews, which which is great fun. <laughs> what what really really ticks me off about this is okay, it's Galnet, it's fine, but but really what it is is it's Frontier saying, guys, guys, you're not playing the game the right way, guys, you know, and they've been hinting, and it's like. They feel the need to, to shout a bit louder. So they're giving us financial rewards to go and do this thing that we're not doing. But the reason we're not doing it is because your effing game isn't designed properly. It, you know, um, on, on two counts. One is like what Colin's saying, which is that there just aren't, you know, enough authoresses to make it rewarding. Basically, the gameplay, which apparently is the main way to stop this war is hanging around in supercruise for hours waiting for the right type of uss to spawn um what what really bugs me about this i suppose is is the whole thing you know when when update 15 first came out and the only thing arthur was prepared to hint at was you'll find this new kind of you know thargoid interceptor and watch it watch it because it's going to do something different and so you know, we all watched it, we all got within two or three days, we all got, okay, so it's picking up sensors, so it's scouting. That's that's cool. Okay, what can we do? Can we can we scoop the sensor? Can we replace the sensor? Can we do something else? And and really what this galnet is saying is, no, 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 just kill it. And it's like, really? That was oh god, that was your design, just kill it. Oh, I've got no problem with you're that. So angry. I'm sorry. I've got no problem
3: with just kill it. Because I want to just kill it, except the only problem is is I've only I've only ever come across four of them even though I've been looking for them for absolutely ages
2: you know and, and the thing also like you know w- with game design it's a classic game design is really subtle I'm not a game designer I couldn't claim to do it but you you, you look at something even something simple like um a straightforward linear first person shoot or something like I don't know half life. Getting someone to walk the right way and not spend hours banging their head against the door that you're not supposed to open, it's subtle. You do it with clues and stuff. And um, So if there's a thing that we're supposed to be doing, in this case, killing Orthrus, you design your game right. You make it fun. You make it the thing that people want to do. You reward it. You make it so that it triggers frequently. You make it so that there's clues and pointers in the game none of which they've done so they're now throwing money at it and saying please do this thing it's the way to win the war we'll we'll pay you more money the fun thing which is what everyone is doing is going and fighting you know in in combat zones because it's atmospheric and there's shit going off left right and center and it's bloody good fun i'm sorry but they've ballsed up the game design (laughs) as far as i can tell anyway psychic, put us put us all right tell us why it's all lovely
1: I played um, for. I, I did author um, hunting with um, three other folks ad hoc on Friday for about two and a half hours. And I think we killed. Uh, like w- I, I, We finished an instance uh, uh, of Threat Four and somebody else had found a Threat Four and there was an, an office in it. We killed loads of them. It was great. It was easily some of the most fun I've had in game so far um, with regard to the Thargury th- th- combat because right now I've been like doing thoroid combat in a big group, and it's been all fun and games and stuff, but this actually felt challenging and more more of a challenge um if if you can i have this um envisage of like getting more than one wing together and then 'Cause we, we managed to instance there was a wing and then one other person that kept dropping in with us as well and following following our wakes in. We were like jumping between two systems between um between like the five of us and when we'd find one we'd signal for it and then head over and get it. Honestly, some of the most fun and coordinated fun. Within two hours we'd gone up by like six chevrons on the game. We weren't going we weren't going super hard at it. I think I took a break in the middle of it and that kind of thing legitimately some of the most fun I've ever had in Elite was last night. Yeah, really cool.
2: So what's the difference? Because it's not just, you know, I, I have heard people say that being in a wing or stuff seems to increase the, the trigger rate for these, but I've also heard lots of people saying I've been out there in a wing for hours and hours and hours and seen two. So. I mean, the off. only, the only thing, the only thing that
3: I can think of is that they made the announcement on Thursday and you did it on Friday and you said you came across 30 of them.
1: I think of course a lot of them for sure yeah. for sure like anytime we f- anytime we would kill one we'd jump <laughs> back into super cruise and someone else would have a threat for and well, so then, the, the thing that the w- makes
3: small
1: it, right, and the thing that makes it makes it so much better and when you're doing it in a wing or with a group of folks is that each of you have your own signal sources so you're upping the chances of finding that signal source. So where right. I couldn't see a threat for, somebody else could. But once they have oh, yeah. dropped into that, we can all follow them in. And um, yeah, I made like a shit ton of money in a very, very short amount of time. Um, but it's made me replan my Shard Corvette to also go and go and learn anti-AX um, missiles.
3: Yes, because, because they just is.
1: degradate really quickly. So it it yeah. it's you have to kill it super fast if you're using Guardian Tech. It, and it's just a new um a, a different um dynamic. And I really really enjoyed it. It made it made a really pleasant change of pace from doing doing the other um the the Thargoid combat. Which let's face it, I've been prolific over the last few few weeks. I I I've just really enjoyed it.
5: Yeah,
3: I like I said, I've not actually had a problem with the gameplay. When I've actually tried to uh, take down an author, I've really enjoyed it. You know, you've, you come you come away with it even though I haven't managed to take one down, i was still coming away with the shakes, thinking that was awesome. Okay. The problem is is just getting the same spawn rate as the as you. So, um, as as pointed out by yourself and people in the in the uh, in the chat room, that yeah. Best do it in a wing, guys. So everybody wing up.
1: <laughs> it's encouraging. It's encouraging, like group gameplay, which is something I I think that Frontier is sort of like trying to very subtly subtly point towards. It's you know play with some other people because it's it's the game's more fun when you play with other people. Can
3: confirm that, that is completely true. Uh Most of the multiplayer sessions that I have had with with people all dealing with uh thargoids or pirates or of it as a as i've pointed out before power play that's been when elite's at its best and obviously when you don't have instancing problems <laughs> but yeah when it when it all works it works so well um alec you've
2: yeah unless, unless this is what chris is also going to say i was going to comment on research limpet samples is that what you were going to chip in on chris
0: Kind of, yeah. I was, I was going to sort of jump in and say it's not just the is killing, is it? It's, you, can, you can kind of Silence. use other methods to uh, manipulate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah
2: yes. Yeah. So, so I only read this on the forum today, but um, there's a whole thread on it about how getting research limpet samples from Thargoids in alert systems seems to work. Actually, one, one commander, um, Alex Zuno, said spectacularly well. He's actually managed to single-handedly turn back a system. Um, just by getting shed loads of research limpet samples. It doesn't make any sense, to me at least. I mean, so you've got Thargoids probing, deciding which system they're going to invade next, and you taking tissue samples stops them going there. Uh, Yeah, okay, whatever. But apparently it works really well.
0: Yeah, because I'm always always looking for sort of ways where I I can't take on an Ophorus by myself, definitely not. I mean, I think most of you have seen me in Thargoid combat, and it normally ends up with me, exploding in various different ways so like if there's other ways to push back alert systems then you know i'm, I'm all for that as well i'm just glad that they finally put i know that Darren had sort of hinted during one of the the frameshift streams but yeah, now to have it in galnet itself is like okay now you've put that advice in game as well for those that are maybe not keeping up with the dev streams because as much well, that as means it's canon them, <laughs> that means it's canon. No, yeah.
1: Well, not even only, uh, not even just that. It on on that in in particular, um, not every, not everybody can watch the dev streams, and not everyone can then go back and go. You can't really expect someone, uh, and this is this is a very weird thing for us to for me to say. Currently sat on a two hour show, but you cannot expect everyone to go back and listen to a two hour show if they don't have the time to listen to it then and there. No.
3: Unless of um, course so, And you should listen to yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Now
1: nah, fuck us. We're terrible. <laughs> um, but, but but like um if you're if you if you if you miss it, it sh- it should be these signal beasts and these things should be in game. They should be pointed out to us. Especially if if it's an if it's a known thing that you can do. And apparently killing the officers is the thing that we've been missing, or um concentrating on alert systems, should I say, rather than just killing the officers.
5: Yeah, yeah. it's not spreading. I find it
1: really interesting.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah. To help contain it, your best chance is to deal with the alerts.
1: Yeah, and apparently, it's do- that's been doing really well this week as well. There's um, like um, like Captain MD is very prolific in keeping a um a track of the stats and has um reliably informed me that we've turned around a lot more systems this week than we normally would.
3: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping that in that case they have updated the spawn rate, even for solo commanders, so that we've we've got a little bit more. Um, And I'm hoping that's what the hint was. Uh, Because to tell you the truth, like I've said before, I really, really enjoy doing it. It's just I don't seem to be able to do it all that often. Um, Right, let's, let's move on to the 16th of March, also the same day. The Ammonia World survey concludes. Well, this is the community goal that was uh, still uh, continuing um for Ammonia Worlds and uh, yes that that that's done. So go get your rewards people. Now, on the 20th of March there was not a community goal, but there was an incident. I got a suspicion that Psychic wants to talk about this. Look,
1: I'm not get, I don't want to. I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get oh, too I excited was, about this. But
3: um, I, I, I was going. Oh, and I can't get in game because I was at work.
1: <laughs> leg- legitimately, when they when they started talking about like, also, let's pre- preface this with we're going to be talking about all of this so if you haven't already checked it out maybe skip to a little bit later if you're if you're watching later or like you know spoiler alert um mm. it's oh man when they started talking about um the fact that salvation had uploaded himself into a computer oh,
3: yeah as soon as they mentioned that and after the conversation that we had when yeah. I, I thought oh Bugger, they're
2: bringing him back. Uh, but, uh, like, by by we, the way, spoiler alert: if folks don't want to hear this, then rewind about a minute and then stop listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, good point. But um, like we we talked about it, and we t- like I I Katie, <laughs> me and Katie were chatting, and her jaw was literally on the floor because this is what she's been saying forever, and I talked about the fact that it was the, the thing that Katie. I, granted. Um, the Uto- Utopia stuff hasn't been bought into it, they haven't mentioned that, they're talking more about uploading into Guardian um, mm-hmm. using Guardian technology but but I'd be very surprised if there wasn't an involvement there, I'd be yeah. incredibly surprised if there wasn't an involvement there and the the feeling of a dumbfoundedness and B complete vindication was oh it was chef's kiss in that in in that moment. What a, what a what a good little little thing. A little bit disappointed with how it sort of like hit a very very solid brick wall.
3: Yeah, it has it it has hit a, uh, a brick wall. One of the things I did like was the fact that they tied into the to the the uh, the project name or the fleet carrier the name. Yeah, car-
1: nemesis, amazing.
3: Yeah. I know. I thought,
1: and she oh. called him an arrogant prick as well, and it made more <laughs> wonderful. And we also, we also have um, uh, Tana pronounced uh, so many times. So we have a straightforward, absolute confirmation, canon confirmation of how to pronounce her surname. So that's good too.
3: Excellent. Yes, because uh, I because I was out doing Guardian stuff, I haven't traced up on this yet. So that that's my next thing to do next weekend when I
2: get back, assuming it's, good, it's still... I, um, I, I knew we'd discuss it, so I, I sort of made a deliberate detour to get it done before the show because I wanted to sort of encounter its border-free. It's really nice. They're really good voice logs as well, and I really like the whole... And I had a great... Um, I, I pretty much always play an open, um, and I had a really nice encounter on the last the last bit where you've got five different systems um which she might have jumped to and so you have to try each one and i sort of Mm -hmm. did them in a slightly random order but anyway um the one that actually had the final message in there was a guy in a um i've blanked on the what's the griefer's ship that's the one there was a lance there, you know, hollow triangle. And I thought, oh, here we go. And I had a really good cat and mouse with this guy. Um, no chat and text, but he was obviously after me. And I had I had really good fun just um, not letting him get behind me for ages and ages and ages. And trying to get to, you know, scan this final thing. It was really good fun, actually.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons. That's that's the kind of gameplay that I like in in Powerplay. Because normally I'm playing a, bo- a blockade runner. Right. So that means is you guys are my my trade ship is as fast as as you can get, and w- with it being a trade ship, and you've still got to interdict me. Good luck. And if you interdict me, you've still got to catch me when you actually uh, pull
2: me into real space again. Good luck. Uh, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. While we're on this subject, <laughs> um, the, the final message. I, I may, we can probably stop here and don't get into spoiler territory, but. A lot of people still seem to be of the assumption it's a code. I mean, it's yeah. not code, it's just, <laughs> just <an> expletives, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's just expletives. I've seen it in many different languages. Yeah. Um, yes, it, I have. There, there's, um, people are looking at the 6E that is common across all and, and thinking, that I think it's 6E. Um, I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm not looking at it straight up. It's my battleship. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, but, like, people are really, really sitting on that. I know um, because because um, uh, soa and Tana talked about um, the, the there was a little nod to Operation Witch Hunt in there, which were the, that warmed my little cockles, which is why I'm kind oh. of doing it.
6: Mm, doing-
3: smug.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a little nod to um, Azimuth being kicked out of a lot of systems, of a few systems. Um, We've had a fair few people ask us for a reminder of what those systems were. Those have all been combed for more information if there were data dumps somewhere, as Sarah Sarah references um, to. um, But nothing, nothing found in any of those systems. Um, We have a relatively decent idea as to what... Her jump ranges in her eagle, which we also, on listening to the the, the sounds on the recording, it's um, very almost certainly um, an eagle with about a forty-two light year jump range. Um, so my guess is that when she jumped to the system beginning with N, that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. <laughs> um that she, she jumped from Carato because that's about forty forty odd light years away. So um that's where I think she jumped from. However, having been through Carato myself with a very, very fine tooth comb and having seen a lot of other people do it, I don't I don't think they have. Um they have either. But um we can but hope that there might be some further information later.
2: That's it for now. That's
1: it. Yeah.
0: Chris. I was just wondering. Do you think this is the thing that was sitting in game that Arth was kind of saying? Yeah, hey, there's something that we put in here that you've not discovered yet. Was no. it these beacons in no. this trail? Do you think? No, I no. think that
1: dropped in on that dropped in on Thursday.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's one of
3: the th- reasons why I was looking at the Guardian sites again.
1: <laughs> I, I think I think the thing that we've we miss we've missed per se, and I say that in very inverted commas is how effective doing things in alert systems was. Mm. That would be that would be my guess, which I can't I can't retcon into a triangle, but by all means certainly try.
5: <laughs> well I'll
3: put it this way, I've I've I'm I'm all out. <laughs> I I guess
1: obtuse is what it is.
3: Out
2: of ideas <laughs> or triangles. <laughs>
3: uh, it's just not the right angle for me. Okay, let's move on.
1: <laughs> Beautiful, that was sexy. I were here for it.
3: Um, in other news, um, Congress has voted against Hudson doing a Trump which i thought was quite nice so basically he's uh what's supposed to happen was that hudson said listen um because of the Thargoy crisis and all the kind of stuff i should stay on as federal president and I, I should be allowed to run for the next uh term for federal president which means he could run for approximately 16 years um to which a narrow majority of the congress said no nah, you're not doing that." there was this orange-haired bloke from the 20th 21st century that tried something like this we're not having it and um yeah so he's he's instead of what I expected him to do he said he's he's going to step back he's going to support the Republican candidate whatever he does and um, uh, let the election unfold sometime in June um let's just be honest he's still going to be the power behind the throne isn't he why do you say that? Well, I don't know. I I just got this the strange feeling that Hudson uh, he, he'll still be in the background.
1: Why? I mean able
3: to influence the new guy so that? Oh well,
1: yeah, just, of course, like, of course. Look at the republic. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna get into politics. But look what happened back in the back in the very old times back in the 2020s. Look what happened <laughs> with the previous um uh American president sort of uh, having those kind of that kind of situation. I think it's really interesting because um the everything is everything is pointing towards Rackham and Rackham has yeah. a lot of money. True. Rackham has an awful lot of um an awful lot of money and my yes, it's
3: Twitter and, lately,
6: and you
1: it? you know what you know what the elite dangerous community are like when it comes to voting with their what can you give me feet
3: yes very true every single power play faction going
1: well yeah and it, it well not even just that if um if there's some kind of if there's some kind of C- CG of some kind, let's say, I said some kind t- some kind too many times then, but um, if there's a CG in relation to it and Rackham's playing a lot more and they're gonna use that as an indicative of what what's going what's going to the thing, and Rackham has the precedence for being able to pay a lot more um than anyone else because he's uh bonkers rich, then we might be we might be looking at uh, someone someone like that in charge with obviously a little bit of hudson in the background but yeah. a question that i a question that i um posit to you folks is mm-hmm. there's been an awful lot of power play talk in yeah. uh, gona as of late mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do we even hope
3: i don't dare to hope I don't dare to hope. Um, the one thing that I do know, as I've said earlier, is that um, the Thargoid War has got to be put to, not put to bed, but tied up in some way. Because I don't think you'll be able to have power play, a reworked power play working at the same time as the Thargoid War. Because the Thargoid War is good at the moment and it's taking up an awful lot of people's time uh, the...
2: unless it includes the Thargoid War uh unless... so- maybe
3: okay then so I can, you've got a, a, um, a happy yes. glint to that unless
1: unless it completely um the, the Thargoid War ends real fucking badly and mm. we get a little bit of a reset and then people have to build from scratch again
0: Mm-hmm. All the power play leaders are uh, evacuated to Colonia.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's going to Colonia for power play. They, they could make it oh. the most profitable thing in the galaxy and maybe six people would play it. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, it, it could... It, uh, it, there could be something that, like, everything is signal boosting towards, towards it. Yeah.
3: Well, I know what you're saying. I know that the guard frequency are very, very um they 're expecting something to happen with power play uh I know that for a fact that obviously if this is they 've said this is going to be a complete rework of whatever the new feature is going to be or that 's what they used to say um Power play definitely needs one and it had and it has to be changed in such a way that it that uh, it it 's not exploited in the same way it is at the moment and um Um, um, I know it's got so much work that would need doing that I'm a bit concerned that it won't be done. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think think that frontier would... I don't think necessarily that frontier would go into something that substantial um, without putting a great deal of thought into it beforehand.
3: Well, I mean, yes. I think the Thargoid War has managed to prove that the or at least turned around people's perception of what they're capable of doing. A
1: hundred percent, I agree.
3: Yeah, because um, everybody, not everybody, but there was a, a, a vocal minority who thought that, you know, that's that's it. And th- th- you can still hear them now all saying, okay, the, the Thargoid war... Mate. This, yeah, was, mate. this is how they're going to shut Elite Dangerous down by having the Thargoids wipe us all out. and. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, it's ridiculous! <laughs> no, ridiculous. Not, when the, not when the player numbers turned around like it, the way they did. Um, yes. So as you said, it's like it. The, there's been a lot of talk about power play. I I hope there will be because...
1: It would, it would be very... Oh, if I'm going to say, I'm going to use the B word, it would be very brave.
3: Yes, it would. I mean, to be honest, power play as it was if you were playing uh, in open, was actually a really good experience. But that was mostly due to the community I was playing with on all sides. Um, apart from the fifth columners, they can go suck donkey balls. Oh, and and those that, that which is uh, module shopping, they can suck alpaca balls. I will uh,
6: them gladly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Problem, it's a yeah. small way to pay for the prismatics I want. It
2: there's a you know, a, clip a major that. a major rework of power play if if that's what it was and it was good and it was significant that would be quite a one two three knockout for frontier i mean to do something like the stargoids and yeah. then to drop a war and then mm-hmm. to drop a power play update that that incorporates it on top of that while we're still waiting to see what's inside the maelstrom that's that's they're coming in with some serious punches if you know if that's the sequence well i personally i don't think it will be i think i think if they do update powerplay
3: it'll have to eat after the conclusion of the thargoid war
2: yeah
3: um that's 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 just my opinion other opinions may vary (laughs) you're also you're all entitled to your own But yes, so Hudson has said he's going to step back. Uh, one thing I did say about uh, see with Mac, Mac Winston, a uh, constant contributor to our show, said that I uh, wouldn't worry about Hudson, he's got plot armour. Not really, because um, all they have to do is just change the picture and the bio, just a picture and a text. The actual faction can just continue just with a name change. It'll still be um, whatever the president is.
1: I don't, but, think, uh, I don't think anyone's got plot armor i genuinely don't believe that anyone has plot armor in this game anymore
3: yeah because
2: people I mean,
1: people used to say that oh they'd never do anything to um player faction systems They frontier would never touch it that would that was brave originally
4: we talked mm. about it
1: being brave the fact that there were empower, um not power play but um like player factions that were attacked by by the thargoids oh how far we have come since then <laughs>
3: Very much so, and uh, yeah, um, I think the Brazilian uh, pilots' crew, or, or for that, they're normally taking the brunt of the Tenaris, mm-hmm. uh, Tenaris, uh, uh maelstrom. So, goodness, goodness, and Doctor of <laughs>
1: Law as well. D- pathamon has been been under for a long time. Um, I think Oya is relatively close to um, loose screws, and more importantly, Snooky Zan, which is where my base is. Oh, no. I mean, if it it hit, it won't hit there because I have every faith in this squeeze to do all of the Thargo combat that they can. But if it hits there, I will be playing at that station all day, every day. I will not sleep until they are gone.
3: Hold the line.
5: Hold the line.
1: There's Literally, it's just been me on my own (laughs) (laughs) red-eyed.
5: Sod the line. I am the line.
3: (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. Right. Well, let's just give a quick Thargoid war update. Currently, the this week there are forty systems under alert. Uh, Sixty-six systems are being invaded. Five systems have been recaptured. Yay. But I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether that's been counted the same as stopping an invasion, or whether or not they've been actually captured from the control state. I, I wonder whether or not that's a. I'd like clarification on that one. Is this for uh, the DCRH yeah. stuff? Yeah. No, no. No idea. Well, well, I'll ask them in their in their Discord. Um, there are 21 systems in recovery, including the wonderful Gee system. Um, however, the Thargoids now control 1,070 systems, which is over 5% of the bubble, with projections still being that we've got approximately four years left till the death of humanity. What? Yeah. So well, far, it's
1: until it's fully a dead game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Sixteen billion people have been killed or displaced, with the approximately five million Thargoid ships being destroyed. So, yeah, I think the Thargoids are winning, still winning.
1: Yeah, well, slowly. we, but... we talked last week about it. and um, not passing, not passing a thousand, and it's past a thousand now. That's exciting. I mean, yeah. exciting is a funny word, but that's exciting.
2: Five percent of the bubble—that's quite a lot, isn't it? Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I am getting the feeling of
3: of I am beginning to get Mimbari War um, f- vibes off this, and so, uh,
2: yeah, sorry. yeah. Sorry, this um, this four years prediction. So, so is this like calculated from twenty times how long it's been running yeah, so far? Basically, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously,
3: the more uh, the more system that the Thargoids can pull back, the shorter our time period is going to be. Because at the moment it, it was originally came out about five years and we're now down to four years already. Yeah, it's only been three months because it's an exponential curve up. Oh dear. Well, not an exponential curve, but it's it, the curve is is getting slightly steeper every week as as more systems fall. So,
1: Fantastic! It's great. What a gra- what a wonderful gradual loading bar for for clearing the galaxy. Love it. Yeah.
3: So I mean. That's that's what the approximate rate is at the moment, four years. But um, I'm getting I'm now going to get told mathematics. I've got mathematics wrong. I'm almost as bad as Boris Johnson. Wonderful. <laughs> so um, with with that pointed out to me quite blatantly on the uh, <laughs> on the chat room, I think it's that time of the week again.
2: Door alert!
3: And welcome back. Well, we've got a couple of things to talk about as far as the store alert's concerned. Um, big one, spring sale. Uh, this is uh, the fact that Elite Dangerous itself is off is 75% off, and it's 55% off Odyssey uh, on the Steam spring sale. So um, this is one of the points where I get my Odyssey hat on and I say, listen, guys, you might have been holding off for Odyssey for quite a while it's 55% off ideal time to try it and it's what 15, 16 quid now? That's Not worth him. it.
0: Perfect time to jump in and
3: give it a go.
1: 13.49
3: Well there you go I, just, Not I, like, that.
1: I was on it I was googling it real quick So yes, yeah. 13.49 if you want the deluxe edition it's 15.74 with the Odyssey deluxe edition I don't know what you get with the deluxe edition
3: soundtrack the, you,
1: you don't st- need the soundtrack. You can
3: get it on um, Spotify. Exactly. But, um, yeah, you get the soundtrack separately. That's it. Um, so 75% off Elite Dangerous itself, 55% off Odyssey. That means you could get the whole package quite, quite nicely. And I've noticed a couple of people on Twitter have been trying the game out for the first time and coming
2: back with responses like, I thought people said this game was shit.
4: Yeah. It's not. You know shit, what, I mean,
2: game, mate. <laughs> people might wonder what they get for Odyssey. E- even if you're not sold on the on-foot combat and you don't go into the you know the, com- the combat zones and you don't go into the settlement assaults, still well worth it. You know, atmospheric planets, just fantastic. Just being able to get out and walk around. I, th- I spent the morning wandering around um, the inside of a Thargoid base on foot, shooting those, um, what are they called, scavengers? Is that right? Yeah, scavengers, yeah. yeah. Shooting scavengers with my rifle. Bloody good fun. Well worth thirteen quid, even if you're not into any of the on foot combat stuff. You know. You
1: also, the... it, it's. I, I'm very much of the opinion, and after speaking to you, um, I, I did, um, I did podcast series a little while ago uh, where we talked to a lot of different commanders with a lot of different experiences, um, and we talked a lot about Odyssey on foot stuff because. Um, it's one thing that we want to do and i'm very much of the opinion that the odyssey gameplay is at a really really especially the 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 gun stuff is that a really really nice middle ground where if you 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 can be absolutely brilliant at um fpss and at, and sail through but if you're not great it it provides a decent challenge mm.
0: even i can play uh, it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know, I, I'm constantly comparing Odyssey to, to No Man's Sky. And there's some things that No Man's Sky does better than Odyssey. But the actual combat, well, obviously the flying ships is so much out better than No Man's Sky. But the, the actual on-foot combat in, um, in No Man's Sky, I think Odyssey's better. I, I really do. It, it's just, I don't know... It, it's, it's just one of those things. It, it seems that the, the, they've improved the core mechanics to a point where I'm there thinking, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's got there.
1: Yeah, 100%, agree. Well, there 100% agree.
2: Bargain, bargain. Well worth it.
3: Yeah, 13, 13 quid 50. Yes, now's your time to try it. Um, in addition, they have the spring livery sale up to 30% off until March the 24th, which has these wonderful orange-looking um designs on the Eagle and, and the Fleet Carrier. I take it these things will be coming through to um uh twitch drops at some point.
1: No, you can get those normally. Those are the those are the things that exist. They all all already exist.
3: Cool. Um one thing that we do have to mention at this moment in time is the anti Xeno initiative. Um I've put in a bug report and I I can clarify that this is true. If your ship has a ship kit on it you burn at twice the rate a ship <laughs> it does. You
2: dissolve you at twice the rate. You couldn't make it up, could you? No, you can't. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know that stuff that they um that they make the caustic sink anodes out of? Yeah. Well that's my theory, is that the ship kits are sort of like a balls-up version of those anodes and it just bleeds into your ship. It's gonna...
1: Ship Go kits on. never used to have a um they never used to have a hitbox, did they? Until
2: they didn't originally. No, yeah. Right. So they, I, I they wonder.
1: Now. Yeah, I wonder with the giving the ship kits a hitbox, there was also a number moved to um, mean that they would also take a, a shit ton of caustic <laughs> damage on top yeah. of what your usual ship. Well,
2: was. I wonder if effectively by having a ship cut, Kit, your your eagle is getting an anaconda's worth of caustic damage.
1: Yeah, or like in, increasing. It's increasing the surface area of your ship by that yeah, much that yeah, is completely yeah. fucking you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, better 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 check for those uh, float overloads. Over
0: <laughs> Does it mean it's technically adding to your hull, though? You know, when people hull tank and stuff. If it Absolutely if it's now not. counting towards no, hitbox nope. and all that, no, that so that just number damage. That it wasn't
2: moved. That would be silly. Be that, yeah, that would be logic. sorry. That would be pay to win.
1: You don't pay, pay, pay to, to win, lose is, you pay to lose. Pay <laughs> to lose
2: is fine.
3: <laughs> oh, someone's brought up the Cobra Mark IV again.
2: <laughs>
3: the only ship I know that's pay to lose. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, yeah, very nice um, uh, liveries, liveries. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, And with that, we'll be back with our main discussion after these short messages.
1: There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of what? A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? Our surprising meat chops, now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper, it's a family of four. No. No, no, that should say feeds a family of four, right?
0: Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four.
1: Okay, I'll stick to the script.
0: Yeah, you do that.
1: It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's unspecified meat emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's unspecified meat emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low.
5: Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space, from smugglers' dens to space station taverns, with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society, how to get rid of that nefarious rank, and my favorite, occasionally shower. Are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder?
1: Oh, I've come a long way for what's in your hold. Prepare to be boarded. Frameshoot charge detected. Oh.
5: Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large hard point. Would you like to see my very large hard point? You're so hot, you're making my temperature critical
6: lower your shields i want to
5: inspect the goods come back to my place
0: i might let you touch my a anaconda are
5: you smuggling illegal goods because you got fine written all over you the lonely pirates handbook now available in all anarchy bookstores we'll teach you to loot anyone's heart
4: hey commanders
0: this is mick from crazy mix reptile emporium and warehouse Due to a hysterical ordering mishap and not reading the fine print, I am currently in possession of over 10,000 snakes. Many of which are deadly, so everything must go. We have anacondas, asts, cobras, diamondbacks, float lance, killback, killbacks, crates, mambas, pythons, sidewinders and vipers. None of which are capable of space flight without being strapped to a rocket. Need a pet for your cockpit? Fire Snake! Need to scare your mother-in-law or give her a heart attack for the insurance money? a Snake! Need to fill a beluga full of snakes to assassinate a witness on their way to a federation courthouse? Buy many snakes. Bulk discounts are available at Crazy Mix, Reptile, Emporium and Warehouse. You can find us in the Late Business Directory or visit us at the former site of Sensible Michael's shipyard now fitting warehouse.
5: Will somebody get these mother <laughs> snakes out of my mother <laughs> warehouse? Okay.
3: <laughs> it hasn't got the same gravitas as Samuel L. Jackson, but, but I, I know where he's coming from. Um, well, it's
1: not Samuel Lewis, it's Crazy Rick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good, um, Alec. Now you're going to run with this one.
4: Yes,
3: um, you have decided to be a masochist. Uh,
2: I have. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I decided to um, go back and listen right from the beginning to Lave Radio because I missed it. I, I, I pretty much missed out on the Kickstarter actually, so I can't remember the first Lave Radio I ever listened to but it can only have been like a month or two before the game launched, I guess. It was so long ago. Yeah, it's been a really good listen. It's really interesting. And and one of the things that really struck me was that things are, there's obviously a lot of speculation, which, um, you know, is neither here nor there for the purposes of this discussion but there mm-hmm. are assumptions there were things that have been you know were mentioned by frontier um, ideas that were in very much in the pipeline things that were you know showcased or um, you know sort of talked about in in dev diaries and things and it's fascinating listening back and thinking "Ha, huh, that never actually came about I wonder what and, and often you can see why it didn't come about? I, I just think there's there's quite a lot of things that were discussed that are really interesting. Thinking about thinking and talking about why they didn't happen. So what I've been doing is is sort of meticulously making notes. I'm sure people think this is hilarious. I'm on the train and I'm listening, you know, on my headphones, and I suddenly have to <laughs> rapidly drag my iPad out and start typing because. I wanna make a note of these things. So I thought yeah, we could go through. Make enough
3: of a show that happened ten years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. So I've I've gone I've gone through the first five episodes. Uh we've gone quite long tonight, so I think maybe we should cover a couple of these and see and see how this topic goes. And this this is a topic that can sort of run and run, you know, as and when we we need we need the a leave radio review. Indeed. So shall I <laughs> shall I just chip in and then we'll 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 just discuss each of these points.
3: I'm sorry, I That's just it. went a bit toast of London there. I do apologise.
1: All <laughs> oh, Ken Bruce is what, is what it was. It was amazing. Indeed.
2: Uh, right. <laughs> right, episode two. Go off if you go. It, I can't remember. I don't know why I haven't got any comments in episode one. I guess you were just getting up and running, and you probably weren't discussing very much other than, hello, we're late radio. Anyway, episode two. Um, for anyone that wants to follow along, 30 minutes in, the discussion terms turns to misjumps. So the idea that the frameshift drive could misjump and occasionally misjump and cause you to appear somewhere else.
3: Ah, well, okay. you see, this was originally a thing from both the original game and from uh, Frontier First Encounters. Because if you did not maintain your hyperdrive properly, especially in, in, uh, in Frontier and First Encounters... The right. thing would start to malfunction, and you couldn't get anywhere. That's why just, nobody... Right. I'll oh, go on then.
2: I was, I was just going to say, because we've, we've kind of kept a bit of that, with um, which I think is really nice with um, supercharging. You know, if you've gone to Colonia and you haven't taken an AFMU, then I'm sure people will be well aware of, you know, after about, I don't know, 20 or 30 neutron jumps, you're, it starts, you know, um, getting faulty, which is interesting. I didn't know it did that. Uh, yeah, I mean it. it it's still you, you can press on. I don't know when it gets seriously risky, but you just press on, and you just have to. You quite frequently have to wait while your frameshift drive sort of sorts itself out and is ready to roll again.
0: Mm, right, Chris. For me, this one would depend on the frequency of it happening. Like, I I know that we're at war with the Fargoids, but the fact that like pretty much every jump when you try and do everything over there, you're getting pulled out by a Fargoid is really yeah. really nippy so for me it's like that would be really cool if it dropped you off somewhere spectacular that you weren't expecting to visit but if you were really trying to get about game and like do your business and every third jump you ended up a system over from where you expected you were going to be i think it would grind my gears really quickly
2: yeah there's a few things that will come across in this little list of mine but um yeah quite a few of these features you think yeah thank god because i think <laughs> that would have got really annoying really quickly i, I, would, lo- yeah, I would
0: love like- sorry
2: you
3: uh, see, this is the reason why everybody was really excited about trying for the center of the galaxy. Because people tried it before in front of your first encounters, but because you'd only get something like. 300, 400 light years before your your drive would begin to break down and you start to miss jump everywhere. So everyone was really excited that the same kind of thing would be in Elite Dangerous. So you can imagine the kind of disappointment when someone said, I think two days after the game was released, oh, I've got to Sagittarius A. And everyone went, oh, we thought it was going to be a bit more difficult than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it. Do you so, miss the idea of mis-jumps?
1: No, I don't... Um I, I I don't obviously I didn't play any of the previous games, so I only sit with the, to, this knowledge of um knowledge of Elite Dangerous. Um it's um I I like the fact that you can damage someone's frame shift drive so it might malfunction when you're when they're trying to get away. That kind of thing, like the, the, a lot of times when you when you're in the middle of combat or you're in a um, war and you're like, oh shit, I'm nearly dying. I've got i I've got to jump or I've got to move or something like that, and my frame shift drive is um, malfunctioning at that point. So it's just like you play the waiting game, wait for it to turn on and then hope it charges fully. That I really like. I don't like the idea of misjumping. I like to. Um, I like to get where I'm where I'm planning on going and yeah. that's what AFM needs are for to keep it keep it up to date.
2: One thing I was struck by and, and we'll 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 sort of encounter this, quite a lot of these features that were discussed and, and ultimately dropped, I feel like it's turned out that there's so much to do in the game that we sort of didn't need all these little things that you do you know what I mean? Quite a lot of these things are sort of things to do if, you're, if you if if there isn't very much to do, like looking after your ship and maintaining your ship and making sure... But frankly, we're all busy doing the million and one things that this game gives us to do, and we don't need all these little
1: do, <laughs> distractions. Do you, do you feel that maybe that's because um, of the limitation, like the expectations to... Um, Follow through with things that were available in the previous games that were um, visu- visualized by just numbers on a sliding scale, and mm. now with the fact that the the game is so much more um, th- there's so much more like visual and more technical things that you can do um, that it gives you the the it, it, something like following a following a number degradation isn't necessarily. What, what folks are that are as interested in now? Yeah,
2: maybe,
3: yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I think the main issue about having the degradation and the misjumps was to make exploration a little bit more difficult. Uh, and that went out the window as soon as someone said, I've managed to get this far. And everyone just went, oh.
2: <laughs> and that was it, really. Okay, let's move so, on. So no misjumps. Right, 42 minutes into episode two, um, there was an interesting discussion about the ideas of creditors and repayment missions. So uh-huh. I, think, I think what this was, was like the idea that, you, you know, we, we have this to some extent now with ship insurance. You lose your ship if you've got the money to pay the insurance and get a new one back. All very good. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was to do with the idea that if you didn't have the money, rather than what the game now does, which is throw you back into a Sidewinder and you, you basically start again, was, was offering you the option to run repayment missions, which I, I thought was kind of interesting.
3: This is the the genesis of the Orange Sidewinder and Live Radio. Yes,
2: right.
3: This, yes. this, this, this so is the point oh yes. Yeah, because there's this kind of repayment missions where... Uh, you were pay, either paying for your crime or paying for a, a new version of the ship. Meant that you got this sidewinder, which was basically painted asbo orange, which is which is why the, the orange sidewinder is. It's supposed to be a punishment vessel.
1: <laughs> that checks out. I'm. I can. I can appreciate
2: that. I, I still sort of like the idea of, uh, and there was other things. I don't think I've noted but there was it cropped up again during discussions in the early episodes. You know, ideas of of being imprisoned and not having access to your ship and working off your crime and and I think equally although it's fun to sort of speculate about ideas like that you have to ask is it fun is it fun for the player and to some extent if it's not then can, you
1: I, can, really I, ask a, can I ask a question about that real quickly something that I haven't I don't think I've ever even considered if you sh- if you fly without rebuy, I had fly with don't never fly without rebuy, you idiot! Um, I had yeah. that hammered in right at the beginning. There was not a chance in hell I would ever fly a ship without the rebuy. If I were to um, fly without rebuy and crash my ship, what is the yeah. option that's available to me at the moment? Is it just it's just a sidewinder, isn't it?
3: Yep, yep. And, and you can... they've now given you credit for a certain amount. I think. So you can the,
2: sell your other ships, can't you?
3: Yeah, if you've got other ships. But yeah. most of us at the time, when we were going through the original series, when we when all this don't fly without rebuy thing happened, we normally had just one ship because we didn't have enough money to buy more than one ship. So if you lost your ASP, which were you you were building up, that was it. You were back to the Sidewinder, yeah. and oh. If, if I think that happened to me once. I was I, very oh, stupid
0: and did a thing where I was like, if I do this one cargo run, then I'll be <laughs> able to buy the next ship up. And yeah, I died. <laughs> and then that was it. I'd, I'd invested all my life wow. in that ship and its cargo. Uh, it's always
3: that like, oh, just
0: one thin mint run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. It? It's just that one run. It's just one run. What can I possibly do wrong on one run? Well, oh,
1: my god jewelry's open holy shit honey
2: and it's interesting talking on that subject actually a a couple of minutes later in episode two around about 46 minutes um there was some speculation from the show hosts and this is like Fozzer and um i guess but um on obviously there'd been a hint that we might be able to own more than one ship and there was Quite a lot, you know. There was even some sort of speculation among the hosts about the idea that we might even be able to own as many as three ships. I thought <laughs> was, uh, hilarious. Uh, oh my god! Can yeah. you
1: imagine being able to own as many as three ships?
2: Yeah. Well, again, this
3: was based on the previous games. You could, in the first game, you could only fly the Cobra Mark, Mark III. That was the only ship you had available to you. Um, on Frontier and First Encounters, you could buy plenty of other ships, but you could only have one of them available at any one time. So you buy a Cobra Mark III, that's it. You, you can't buy a, a Viper Mark III and have it on the side for you to, to use if you, as you want. No, this was... You, you had one ship, that was it. And the fact that the, the thought you could have, perhaps we could have more than one ship,
2: yeah. it blew it, our little it, tiny minds. Yeah. It's really funny. I've just got to a bit in episode six where it's been confirmed that we can have one, more than one. And um, the hosts are debating where they will be, whether they'll sort of somehow magically follow you around. Or whether they'll all be, it seems so obvious now that they're just parked in a shipyard and you, you know, you either transfer them or go and get them. But it's fascinating listening back when we had no idea and thought they might sort of mysteriously follow us around. The next one, sorry,
3: go on. Be thankful that they did put in the the ship transfer feature because there was a point where you just had the shuttle
2: sidewind. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if anybody else remembers that now. How many, how many ships have we all got? How many ships have you got, psychic?
1: So can... Oh, fuck me. That's a question. Um, <laughs> they don't all fit on my side sidewinder. So it, on my sidewinder, they don't all fit on my fleet carrier. So there's more than 50, wow, more than geez. 40, sorry. Um, like half of them are old buckyball ships that I will not change oh God. Yes, from previous got... races. I, I yes. imagine you've got all of the previous ones as well. Yes, I I've got... I've got four Corvettes. I've got more than the, oh, can you imagine having three? I think I've got five Corvettes I'm, and I'm making a six. Um, uh, uh, God, God. I, I I, had two Type 7s. I've got two Type 7s sitting on my fleet carrier. I was going through it today. What? I was like, why the fuck have I got two Type 7s? I never fly a Type 7. But one of, them's got, one of them's been named, Colin. I don't know why it's there. <laughs>
2: I've just had a quick look at my Inara don't... fleet. I've got forty-nine ships.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can see it on mine.
3: My... I thought they got twenty-five.
1: Well, good for you. You don't need that many ships. I don't need that many ships.
2: No, these are they're all old buckyballers. that They're just lying around the start line of whatever race they were bought. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much.
2: Nicely. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the next one. Oh, I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, last one. so this is last, the last one from episode two. This was around about the 49-minute mark of episode two. Um, and this was the idea that the game would have uh, an Iron Man mode. So this wasn't just a sort of voluntary, you know, people yeah. play. You, you can play Elite Iron Man if you want, but it's a voluntary thing. But this was an Iron Man mode, a sort of opt-in Iron Man mode. Um, and and I, there were various things that, you know, if you die, you die is the thing. But what I really liked was the idea that, the one of the things of iron man mode would be it would up to you to manually launch your escape pod again another thing back
3: from the uh, previous games right there was and what happened
2: if you didn't so 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 did you have a timer right. got 10 seconds to launch your escape pod or you're dead
3: no yeah oh hang on a second no an escape pod happened automatically um if you didn't have an escape pod then basically you died right because this is the uh, thing
2: that was commented that caught my eye was the idea that in Iron Man mode you would have to hit a key binding to manually launch your escape pod. I assume yep. within the final death throes of your ship.
3: No, this would be at any time up to that point because they were sarcastic. Uh, statistic. Oh, I've got my words all gone. Um, sadistic. Sadistic people, uh, sadistic radio hosts, they wanted you to accidentally hit the eject button at any time. Oh, no. You you would give flying off. <laughs> Cuz they wanted that. They wanted that. Ac- they wanted that thing where you you know, you're flying along and you have to pull off a maneuver and you accidentally hit the eject button and before you know it, you're going off in one direction and you can see your ship going off in another. <laughs> they wanted that. <laughs>
2: 57. Wow. You win. Yeah, I've only got 12.
0: <laughs> I
1: didn't realise I had 57. How many do you have, Chris? 20? 12. <laughs> oh, my God, you're so adorable. <laughs> I've only got one keel back, and that feels like an absolute travesty. Oh,
2: you need I bet it. there's some ships I don't actually own. I ought to address that. What's the limit? I assume there is a limit.
1: No, there isn't. 40, in per, 40 per shipyard, but you can have, like, 40... Um, of, like I imagine, how many how many ships with shipyard, how many stations with shipyards are there? Wow, really so really it, it's that times forty is how many you can have.
3: Wow, so
0: you've not that, got that's a lot
3: of ships. You've
0: not got a problem until the Fargoes destroy all the starports, at which point your yeah, fleet may need to point. diminish slightly. Yeah, <laughs> Only a little and bit.
3: That's, and that's one of what? Would you rather? Would you rather your ship be completely destroyed, <laughs> and the Fargoes work the station out?
2: Yeah, yeah i quite like I, we'll come on to this later i can't remember when it is but later on there's the idea of um putting out a call for rescue but um we'll, we'll address that when we come to it um yeah. that was it for episode two episode three um really good interesting episode actually getting into um discussion the idea of the writers um or, or, or the different kickstarters for the writers and lots of stuff on background law, so much detail on you know the differences between the empire and the federation well, it's really oh that, that would have been alan really waxing lyrical yeah, wouldn't it good it's good stuff yeah. one thing that struck me was um that a lot of the background law for all three um superpowers actually covered religion quite a lot, you know, religion and theology, and unless I'm wrong, and I, I, I confess I haven't scoured the codex in-game, I feel like that was sort of dropped. I don't know if anyone can comment on yeah, that.
3: Yeah, there wasn't anything really put in for religion. Right. Um, Possibly. Like everybody,
2: well,
3: <laughs> everybody either believes in something or they don't.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like now, really. Yeah, you know, they, they were interesting. It was a good discussion because obviously in a in a galaxy of of millions of, you know, rather than one planet, um it, it would I'm sure religion would be there, but it would be so varied and uh, widespread that I don't know. Yeah.
6: I think the
1: the only sort of mentions of religion we've had are um religious extremes so things like some of the generation ships had very very some of the generation ships stories. I'm not going to spoil any, but go and visit the generation ships. Um they're fucking amazing. The Gold Conda's not there anymore, but they're fucking amazing. Go and mm. go and visit the Generation Ships because the stories are um are like insular to themselves and they're great. But a couple of those sort of circle around really, really um like uh interesting interesting um, bits, um, bits and pieces it's not so much within like in the codex it it's not so much a religion but more ethics yeah. that they they look at and it's the ethics that are really strong between certain factions
3: i suppose also, yeah. it no, just pointed really out ethics. that there's a thargoid cult
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that's that, yeah that that as well that's another uh extreme like normally i i think for the most part the religion is um like an extreme version of it but um it's mostly just sat in, in like an ethics area
2: i suppose also religion doesn't it while it's nice background it, it really doesn't impact on gameplay in the same way that something like attitudes to slavery or you know Ill- illegal substances might
1: it it could be um it's also pretty div- divisive as well for uh, um, for 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 like um, pe- people playing. You don't those people who again, as um, Colin said, you either believe or something or you don't. That that kind of sitting really hard within a religious thing is quite. Okay. Quite yeah, you know, you know, it it, it, it gives me it gives me a little bit of that ick that I'm not I'm not keen on. But even yeah. like for example, people like Tesrow, big player at the moment, if you go into her information on the codex, she she she's got a ridiculous story, um, born to a cult, another religious cult and more extremists rather than um mm. rather than something more sort of everyday religion kind of thing.
2: I must go back into that because I, I'm right in saying all that stuff's um, available on audio, isn't it? You can just hit play and have these things read to you while you're flying around.
1: I believe so. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. it's very, it's very much like Mass Effect. Because if
3: you go into the Codec to Mass Effect, it will read it to you. It's just that I do like the fact that you can still fly about while listening to the uh, to the codex because you can put you it know, in well, the, I would in the I list. would
2: quite I would really quite like is an option in the in the sort of right hand audio panel to just play me a random galna, uh, ran, a random codex piece. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um ha- about half an hour into episode 3 there's a discussion of because it's covering law it talks about the empire and the federation and then it gets on to independent systems. Mm-hmm. And the idea that these places would be dangerous—yes—we've touched on this in the show before. But but this is one thing that I do feel a bit sad about. I couldn't put my finger on why quite why it hasn't happened. But the simple fact is that it never really feels to me like any one system is particularly more dangerous than any other system. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I actually look—it's
3: well known. I've said it hundreds of times before that anarchy populated anarchy worlds. Really, you should be scared of going into. I've I've always I've always felt that, especially if you've got one of these big fat T nine traders, you should be really avoiding them. What would you do to fix that? We see this is the thing. Um, I don't think we can fix it now because as soon as you start putting that kind of difficulty into um into the game people are just going to go oh you're just going to complain it
1: i tell you like what would we'll fix it i tell you exactly what would we'll fix it oh. if the sargoids wipe out the bubble and it starts afresh
3: <laughs>
1: I'm. I'm but, but tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong give like anarchy systems also uh, anarchy factions also um are are fucked at the moment. The BGS is fundamentally broken in many, many different ways. Anarchy systems being a very um, a, a big highlight of this. Um, if if, if there, there is an opportunity to start afresh with that and address the issues that the um anarchy systems have and then if you're if you're playing an anarchy or more specifically if it, if there is a say there is a new type of faction called specifically a pirate faction let's say mm-hmm. let's let's say um if if we we're specifically a pirate faction um and you you can see that those pirate faction is in charge of the galaxy yep
3: um
1: then they should be. It should be scary to go into there. You should be worried that you're going to get interdicted every five five seconds. Like one interdiction finishes, and then there's another pirate on your ass, and that. And you're going in. You want to go in there to bounty hunt. And these this, these systems that are controlled by pirates and this this a deadly pirate faction should feel deadly and and dangerous. Yeah,
2: yeah. it it is interesting. I mean, I think we've we've certainly got used to certain. Things about the game. I was seeing somebody the other day that was complaining that they were they were jumping from A to B, and it just so happened that their path sent them through the, the Thargoid War. Mm. Um, and they were they were quite annoyed, you know, their, their gameplay had been spoiled by the fact that they, you know, their jumps were being interrupted. And it's like I don't want to part. You know, there, there's this. I, I'm not interested in that gameplay and how dare what? it impinge on my trade route. And I was thinking that's, that's a shame because really elite should be this living, breathing galaxy. and but if,
1: yeah. only, if only the galaxy, if only there was some kind of map of the galaxy, a well, galaxy map, right. let's say where you can go through and you can see what systems are being attacked by Thargoids currently. But,
2: you know, that was pointed out to the guy and then it was like, well, I'm going to have to, you, you know, it was just such a burden that he was going to have to, he couldn't take a, straight line he was going to have to navigate yeah. around this thing and i think that that should be really fun that should it, be that's exciting whole yeah. Th- yeah
1: yeah trade tr- this is a trade route is it yeah. like it's like roadworks i bet yeah. you this person plays your truck simulator and some of the kids i mean the 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 venn diagram of um Elite Dangerous players and players of um, uh, Euro Truck Simulator is almost a circle. I've und- I'm come- coming to understand, but um, it like if, if a road is closed, you choose another road. It's exactly the same.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, one of the things that I always wanted was the fact that. Um, They have a crime and punishment system force naughty commanders to only be able to live in anarchy systems so that when another player comes through that anarchy system, then all the, the grief is there. I've got right. Here comes someone into our system.
2: Then, then. <laughs> there was there Noobs was a beautiful of... proposal put out on the forums. This was a few years ago by I've forgotten the guy's name, but he was quite a well-known griefer. But you know he had he had useful things to say. Ryan, somebody
1: Ryan I think it is.
2: Maybe it was a really good proposal along those lines that um, you know instead of shadow banning or things, you basically yeah you would push people out to these these anarchy systems, which would basically therefore be crawling with griefers, Mm. and then you'd have commodities that you could only get in these systems, which would be the reason to attract players into them. It was a really well thought out um, idea. I thought it would be fantastic, but hey-ho.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, we've got one more. I think I think we'll we'll do it we'll finish up episode three and then and then save the others for another show. Um this last one I thought was really interesting. It's about an hour into episode three, and the idea of the the well-known elite rank. Um there's some discussion about how the old game basically rewarded you for being a, a bloodthirsty murderer and how many people you killed basically determined how great well, and wonderful a pilot you were. You weren't really a bloodthirsty murderer. You were a bloodthirsty defender of yourself. Well, yeah, but anyway. So, so this was about what what this new game would have, um, and what it, the idea was really interesting. I hadn't heard this previously. Was that being elite would be membership of a club, effectively? Um, your rank towards elite wouldn't be would be hidden from the public, so other players wouldn't know. How how good you were and whether you were about to become elite. And what particularly caught my eye was that the idea of becoming elite would be based on wealth, combat, as in kills, mm. knowledge, as in acquisition of data, and influence. Um now my reading of that is is versus what we now have, which is that you have, you know, elite based on exploration, yeah. money, I guess, um, combat based on combat bonds money again and trade based on money. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all our elite ranks are basically based on how much money you've earned in each of those three disciplines.
3: I don't think so. I don't th- I think the combat rank is based differently. Okay. I think the combat rank is based because I remember me and Crash having a discussion about this. Um the combat rank depends on the difference between your rank and the the, uh, the ship that you've you've taken down. So if you're a, a harmless pilot and you take down an elite ship, you get a massive boost to your ranking. Uh, oh, however, yes, of
2: course you do, don't you? It is, there's a difference yeah. there. It's well, reflected in it the credit payouts, presumably.
3: No, it's not. It, it, it the, the credit payouts are a separate thing. So if you're attacked by a, a, a notorious pirate or a newbie pirate, you still get the same amount. Right. It just depends on... Your relative rank to theirs. So, but what do if we you think are, on, those,
2: on on that old system? So, I thought there were two things that were interesting: one that your elite rank wasn't public, and that it would get you access to something. I'm not sure it was disclosed exactly what, but the idea that becoming elite would get you into a club that gave you some kind of benefits. So, I thought that well, was that interesting. Was De- that was Shinatra Desra. Was that it? Basically, that was the wasn't, whole point. It about... explicitly in that yeah. episode, but that was it. Okay,
3: no. No, but it wasn't the Kickstarter because um, you you start off at uh, at elite or with access to the elite system, which was Shinarata Todesra. If you didn't pay for that appropriate Kickstarter band, the only way to get access to that system is if you're elite, uh, in one of the three ranks.
2: Actually, I'm, I'm curious. Let's sort of just go round, um, go round here. Do you, do people treat other players? do you notice their rank almost immediately because it is yes. of course now public and and, no. and and in what way do you if any do you treat other players differently based on their rank like okay.
1: No, I don't. I don't. I did get elite one in combat today, which made me super happy, and I didn't realize I was gonna get um I was gonna get it, and that was that was a real boon. So I quite like the elite one. I've decided I've not hit one before, and it was quite fun. Um, that's a sidebar. Uh, but you reminded me of it when talking about these ranks. I don't look at that. What I do see more often than not, not is the one that is in red when I'm looking at the um the the details. So if they're aligned to a hostile power or something on those lines um uh like if it's a, if, I think it says enemy or something if it's a line does it say enemy if it's a line to hostile power i noticed that when we were playing um we were playing uh we were doing some anthogical combat the other day i flicked to another commander and it was it said something in red and i was like oh really interesting didn't even pay attention to what rank they were i imagine it was probably elite but um yeah it's super
2: interesting yeah, colin super interesting. Uh, well, players, I do. Uh, yeah, do you, but do you not... note their rank and do you treat them differently, do you think? Well, this is the
3: thing, because uh, if you are an elite-ranked pilot, the chances are you've got that rank by shooting a lot of NPCs. Uh, I know some PvPers who are only ranked something like Expert or Master, Yeah, but all they've done is taken out other players. Yeah. Uh, they are... Yeah, you... It's a, it's a good indication of where a player might be at. Cause obviously if you're elite, you, you're better than, um, someone who is harmless and close to the newbie zone, but you never know. You could have someone who is, who's got a, a five elite rating in PvP or, or in, in CQC. And he's just decided, Oh, you know what? I'll restart an account and before you know it a sidewinder with with some pop guns is taking you apart
2: <laughs> yeah that's funny i think that as well i mean uh, uh yeah I'll, I'll come to chris last but i was, yeah i was going to say exactly that That even if i see somebody harmless i always kind of think yeah but are you i think i'll watch what you do and make my own you know are you are you harmless or are you a very long time player who's just got a new account chris yeah you- matt my- Mac Winston says there's a big three. The Ferdelands
3: wanted an elite. I think yes. I'll treat that one with suspicion. Yes. Yeah. the is um
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Max probably hit it there. Uh, with me, I, I just off my hat to to people that are elite. You know, I've I've just I've only got one elite in trade now, finally finally got one elite but yeah the easy, ones. The easy one The
1: easy one. that's all you need that's
0: all i need finally i've got one elite i'm happy i can get into shanata dresra i'm done i can retire happy um but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I, I pay a little bit of attention to it but normally out of like neighborhood nosiness more than anything else like I, when i'm checking out people in the bar i'll be like oh ah, that's what rank like. they are nice nice
2: <laughs> I, I just like as a final point on this um thing of um uh, hang on, I've lost my thread. Uh, yeah, uh, the idea that because uh, knowledge stroke acquisition of data was one of the ways of becoming elite, I guess nothing that got dropped. That seems quite interesting to me. Um, well, not really, because you still got the codex. You when you actually scan
3: something new, it adds to your codex value, and you know you get money for it, which you can cash in, and that goes on your exploration rank. Ah, so. Yeah, it does. So, don't, so if you go,
2: so if, for example, you go to Dab's Hope and you scan the beacon yeah. and you get, that's a little tick towards exploration.
3: Yes. Hmm. So, so basically, you are rewarded for knowledge discovery.
1: I wouldn't be averse to seeing that on a separate, on like a separate metric.
3: Mm. Mm. Me too. Yeah, there's there's an awful lot of things that are involved in the trade and the, uh the the uh exploration ranks that I would love to have seen separate separated out such as passenger running and mining because you can normally distort your uh elite ranking just by being lucky with mining for a li- for a little while and if i remember rightly um you could become trade elite after two days uh just by mining and i i just I always thought that was a little bit um t- too easy. If you see what I mean,
2: I don't. I don't know what I would call the rank science or something. That's a bit too. It's not quite right. But I do love the idea, and we'll come on to this in another episode. But um, you know, we, th- there was a point where we touched on it. Touches on uh, achievements. I would yeah. love to see that sort of beacon and data being separated from exploration so the idea that you've if you've been to all the bases and you've been to you know lots of tourist beacons and you've scanned places like dab's hope i'd love to see an elite ranking in that sort of thing i I think i'd put quite a lot of store by that one
1: Uh, yeah me too
2: yeah well i i must well i'm gonna to have to draw this
3: to a close because yeah. uh we've, we've seen the time on this but yeah this it is fascinating to look back to see what we were hoping for and seeing what we got uh, cool. and well, you well,
2: know we'll uh, come back to this because there's i, I have all plenty more thing. notes and there's some good stuff yeah there's a, there's another 300 and uh, <laughs> how many more episodes yeah, don't listen you listen
1: all of them. Don't, do not <laughs> listen to all of them you will die <laughs>
2: Well, like I'm hoping, the
1: first few months. <laughs>
2: I'm hoping I'll get really to a like, point where I'll think I've heard this one and then we'll be you know, I will have gone. All
3: of a sudden, we're in the live radio snake eating its own tail at the moment, aren't we? Was <laughs>
1: yeah. it was that an Ouroboros? <laughs>
3: the live radio Ouroboros,
1: yes.
3: <laughs> or if you, if you if you're from Red Dwarf it's an Aroboros. <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to In 10 Years Time where they're reviewing the Lave Radio episode where they reviewed the previous Lave Radio episode covering the content. Oh no,
1: I'm watching walkthroughs where I'm watching walkthroughs, I'm
0: watching walkthroughs. No! (laughs) Yes, Yes, if
2: you're listening to this in the future and we're reviewing episode 434 where we start reviewing episode 1, then stop listening for God's sake. (laughs) And welcome to
3: episode 683 where we look after episode 228. (laughs) I can see all the Red Dwarf fans got what I meant. That's good. Right. Anyway, uh, after that slight diversion, Community Corner. Now, first of all, uh, we have to take our hats off. The Golden Hour uh, Protocops new video was astounding.
1: So good. He's yeah. doing, he is doing stuff, and I've said this to him, and I'll was, I was say it until the cows come home. He is doing stuff in Elite that no one else is doing, and it's so refreshing. Mm. It's
2: beautiful yeah. stuff, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'm not crying. You're crying.
1: <laughs> so good. So good. I can't get over
2: it. Who's cutting onions? Who's cutting onions? Yeah. How
1: many times have you all watched it? Because I've watched it Ruff. at least 60 times.
2: I was going to say about 10, so you've got me there.
1: I, I love the piece of music anyway, and the fact that he's he's done something so beautiful to it. ha, amazing, incredible. go watch it.
2: I also really like it's well worth looking at the video description because it's very lengthy and and gives mm-hmm. you a sense of just how much effort and time he's put into making these videos and how much he appreciates the um the attention the game.
1: When when uh, when I read it and he mentioned something about um it in the in in the description spoiler alert he talks about um there being a problem with Nvidia drivers and premiere and um his uh, video making software and I felt that literally in my core because I was trying to upload something for um for a hashtag ad and it wasn't working because my Premiere Pro was broken and it, I was like I feel it so much and now I'm listening to this music and it's so sad very good.
3: Hmm very good uh, right at the moment we have uh, a link here to uh, something which I can't even open <laughs> um, it's done by Commander Daryl on uh, uh, on reddit uh, and uh, yes it's his personal interpretation of soy So-Ying, soyling a's recent developments um, it's it's apparently a very good interpretation of the current law event it is. uh but unfortunately i can't see it which it
1: is it's really really good it to me. it's really really good it, it goes through in detail about each sort of step and um their their interpretation and the language and i only saw it because ben hennessy tweeted out about it um, ben Hennessy being the the person in charge of the narrative at Elite. Oh right. So yeah. So I um I saw it because um, because Ben had tweeted it and I was just like this is really really cool. It's a full um a, a very very long uh, spoiler filled bit of um bit of uh, reading, but it does break down everything that's there into very very cool interpretations, and I I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, very believable as well. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was spot on.
3: Yeah, it's great. Well, I, w- I will. Uh, oh, I finally managed to get it to to reveal its spoilers. Uh, I will look through it with interest later. Yes. Um, we now have also a new High Wake video called High Grade Emissions. Uh, always love a bit of High Wake. And, of course, what's this about a miracle, Elixir?
1: It's a new ad. It's the latest spoof ad. Um we upload we upload one every Monday. Um it's Professor Pep- Pep's Miracle Elixir, it's voiced by Watherspoon. It's one of my personal favorites.
2: <laughs>
1: Cause it takes the piss out of the four of us and I I I I, I do that quite a lot. Oh, <laughs>
2: I know, I know the one.
1: <laughs> Never before discovered plants. Yeah. It's that one.
2: Uh <laughs> ah, yes.
3: So again, our link's in the show notes there. Um we have a a couple of any other business things to touch on. From gaming with your eyes to coding with AI. New frontiers for accessibility AI. There's a lovely article about a girl born with a quadriplegic cerebral palsy who's worked with special effect to be to, able to game. And I've got play Minecraft. And then caught the development bug and via many open source tools like um, OptiCoder, which is a fork, fork of OptiKey, now studies applied computing at the University of dundee i, th- I th- that is amazing brilliant well well done, a special effect for helping out there because it's unbelievable um for those of you who who remember Ty who started the loose screws podcast, um his daughter is doing a social science project involving farming and space, obviously two that work together um now she's asked. The first thing that you think of when you're thinking about farming in space, you think of elite dangerous. Yes. But obviously, you're farming grains, aren't you? Not, not actually. That kind of <laughs> no, no, you're not actually planting seeds on Mars. You're not doing a Mark Watney, which, to tell you the truth, every time I I go on one of these thin atmosphere planets, and they there thinking I want to watch The Martian again, but. Back back to Ty's daughter, she, and she's doing a social science project about farming and in space, uh, and she's asking as many people in the US as possible to fill out a small survey, which we will put in uh, in the show notes, uh, which is tinyurl.com dot com space farming survey. Ah <laughs> uh, dear, yes. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what. Uh, I hope people are sensible with the answers. <laughs> uh, right, before we, we carry on, has anybody got any other business or any other business? <laughs> Nothing new? No. No, nope, we've covered that. Right. Uh, let's, let's go straight to the shout-outs, then. Um, first of all, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. We're giving a shout-out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Uh, So there's also the Guard Frequency, who do other space games as well. And also there's the fantastic Cheese-eating Loose Screws, who are um, (laughs) munching away on their hillbillies right now. I I don't even know where I came up with that one. I do apologise. And following this, we do have a Galnet News Digest as provided by by Commander Witherspoon and the wonderful Commander Beetlejuice, who I thought was fantastic last week. Round of applause to Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, we'll also, like, yeah, I would like to thank everybody who has chipped in on the Twitch chat. And uh, Chris and Ventura, how have you done with uh, people? Oh, hang on, we've had um, Cybris, Genie Van Xl Xyl, Helmut Grokenberger Rich, 1986, Rich. Soccer42, Halo Fanatics, and of course the wonderful Mac Winston. They've all annoyed you at some point, have they?
0: Yes, we've all been hanging out in the bar today because I can't concentrate on two things at the same time.
3: Blue Ganymede is asking, are cheesy hillbillies really a thing? Yes, and go listen to the Loose Screws podcast for <laughs> proof. JN Tracks is going to kill me for that. Anyway, um, special thanks goes to Commander Tokoso, JN Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have all created music for the show. So that is it for yet another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up on facebook.com slash radio, tweet us at Lave radio on Twitter, tweet us at Lave radio at spacey.space on Mastodon, That's a mouthful. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash radio. And we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode or even a future, future episode. It's like Dave. It'll come back round again. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and is streamed out at liveradio.com slash live. So thanks for stepping in, Chris Markfall. You're welcome. And thanks to Psychit.
1: Thank you. And thank you to the people at the end of the heat death of the universe who are now re-listening to this show. <laughs>
3: Within, the other, within about six or seven versions of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, like, maybe 20 minutes left to live, but, like, you can squeeze in 20 more minutes of life. You've got this.
2: I'm
0: going to say hello That's to future p- Alec, who is uh, cataloguing this episode.
3: <laughs> it might not be Alec. It might be whoever he's regenerated into. In a jar
2: somewhere. <laughs> Under aforementioned, thank you, Alec. Thanks, Colin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Delete as appropriate.
3: (laughs) Oh, it's all timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly now. So, until then, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly
5: dangerous.
0: seconds. I'll be right back.
4: Galnet News Digest, 21st of April, 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Hudson is losing his job, Shoji and I may have discovered Raxler, and Salvation may be a Dalek. And we talk shipkits and annoying the Thargoids into going away and not coming back.
6: President Zachary Hudson has accepted that he will not take part in the 3309 presidential election and that his time in office is coming to an end. The President addressed Congress after they voted by a narrow majority to turn down Hudson's bid to set aside the 77th Amendment of the Federal Accord, a decision that will bar Hudson from seeking re-election at the end of his eight-year term in June. He said He accepted the outcome of the democratic vote, but made it clear that he intends to remain a power within federal space after he steps down from the presidency. He expressed his concern that a transfer of power to a new administration might impact on the prosecution of the war against the Thargoid invasion and on the rest of the Republican Party's security agenda. But he stated with conviction that it would be the Republican Party that would lead the Federation to victory, and pledged to support the Republican candidate at the election, whoever that might be. There has been a flurry of activity to line up a replacement Republican candidate for the Presidency. Several members of Hudson's Cabinet have previously expressed an interest in standing, including Jerome Archer, who replaced Brad Mitchell as Vice President in 3307. Secretary of State Lana Berkovich, who did so much to try to enable Hudson to stand for re-election again and the rather unlikely lawyer, Grand Attorney Edwin Espinoza. Outsider Thandika Kwabe is also expected to put her name forward, but has no chance of being selected. By comparison, the Liberal Party is well organised, with Felicia Winters and older Rochester already selected as the presidential and vice-presidential candidates. Winters has the considerable advantage of being the only candidate that is a recognised power within federal space, something that makes her far more likely to be elected than any of the faceless prospective Republican candidates. The only other candidate of note is trillionaire, piratical playboy, corporate leader, benefactor of Colonia and winner of the Federal Grand Lottery, Zachary Rackham, who is running on a low-tax, high-expenditure ticket that promises that all Federal citizens can become rich, just like Rackham. In the unlikely event that he wins, the Federation is expected to become insolvent within weeks. The election will be held in June, on a date to be determined by the Federal Election Manager, Benjamin
4: Hennessy. there is no further word about the whereabouts of Azimuth's former test subject, Su Jin Ai. On Thursday, Admiral Aidan Tanner of Aegis put out a call for assistance in tracking down the former D2, who is believed to be on a mission to get even with the former head of Azimuth, Dr Caleb Witchily, also known as the Witch, and a Salvation, a mission that's all the more mysterious because Salvation has been confirmed dead. From information picked up along the trail, it appears that So believes that Salvation is not in fact dead, despite having left his body, and that his consciousness has been uploaded into a databank that allows him to live on as a non-corporeal intelligence. Unlike Pranavantal's Sim Archive, So believes that Salvation's nemesis device is powered by some of the Guardian technology that Azimuth amassed over the years. So has not yet been located, but the wreckage of several ships have been found in the Ankar system, with a cryptic fragment that appears to be asking, what the expletive is that? We have to assume that whatever that was, it created quite an impression on one of the pilots in the last few seconds of consciousness. Aegis insists that it is still searching for the missing So, while Azimuth has called for her to be captured and sent to one of their research laboratories for her own safety which doesn't sound like they know where she is, either. The dead end to Sio's trail leaves plenty of room for speculation, especially when there are also rumours that Salvation might not be entirely dead. It's possible that Sio is still on the run, or that she's been captured, or that she's finally mind-melded with the Thargoid battle fleet. There are those who believe that Sio has been sighted aboard the Scrivener clan dredger, or that she's found Raxla. There are even some misguided souls who believe she's helping Zorgan Peterson to develop the Panther Clipper. As for salvation, if he's not part of the Guardian Construct Network, and if his disembodied head isn't commanding operations from a shelf in Azimuth HQ, then perhaps he's living on the planet Scaro, among the hospitable Khaled people, in a custom wheelchair designed by his best friend and fellow scientist, Davros. There's a terrible idea circulating that should Azimuth ever get hold of her, Salvation may try to download his consciousness into So’s body, regenerating in a Hoovian sort of way. Access to So’s Thargoid Interface brain implant might allow him to read the minds of his enemy and lead them into final and all-consuming oblivion. But it's more fun to think that he's just a Dalek.
6: Following the discovery that shipkits dramatically increase caustic damage suffered in Thargoid environments, the Pilots' Federation has announced a sale of such shipkits. And in a way, they're a status symbol. Anyone brave enough to enter a maelstrom wearing a cursed ship kit of triple damage has to be showing off a bit. Look. They are saying, I am so good a pilot that I can afford to work at this tremendous disadvantage, and still get more kills and tissue samples than lesser pilots. In related news, I'm following Aegis's imprecation to concentrate on stopping the Thargoids from invading alert systems, rather than having fun fighting them in systems they've already invaded. Commander L.C.U., no fool like one, has confirmed what many have suspected, that it's far easier to find Orthrus interceptors if you're part of a team. Threat 4 NHSSers seem to appear far more regularly if there are several commanders hunting together. There is also a belief that just killing the Orthrus may not necessarily be the best way to save a system from invasion cotton trucker Alex Zuno has been experimenting collecting tissue samples and turning them in at rescue ships. Apparently, the Thargoids dislike research probes so much that they decide not to invade after all.
4: Science may, after all, be the answer. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.